so yeah, welcome everyone to uh, the live episode of Free Basketball once again. Um, we are part of the Lead Sports Media Group. Follow, uh, listen to them. They all post analytical, kind of focused articles instead of just, you know, um, reactionary stuff. So they're a good follow. Um, but tonight we're going to talk about a couple things that, um, one that was kind of current today. I know people have been talking about their all-star teams of who are they're picking. Um, but we're really not going to dive into that yet. We're going to talk more about today. The players union and the NBA talked about a potential landing date for the actual all-star game this year of March 7th. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, whether that's a good idea, bad idea, reactions to it. So that could be a fun kind of conversation. We get people up here talking. Um, after that, we're going to do a game that I really wish Cody was here for because he was kind of the pioneer of it and really enjoys it. Um, it's not really a game, I guess. It's just a quick opinion-based uh, answer that we call Smash or Pass, and we're going to do it based on this 2020 rookie class. Um, or I guess 2020-2021 rookie class and just kind of see I mean most of us are about 20 to 25 games in for most teams so I feel like it's an appropriate time to start talking about rookies and who's been interesting and exciting so far so we're going to do that and then kind of free form after that depending on how the conversation goes with anybody uh, with everybody Um, so we'll just kind of see where it goes from there but let's start Daniel like I said, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski came out today. You know, everybody, every NBA source came out today saying that they were close to deciding on March 7th as the date for the uh, All-Star game. It was going to be a one-night event, not a three-day affair, but a one-night event in Atlanta. Mainly that has been proposed so far is just the East-West All-Star game and a skills challenge. I don't know if that's going to change. Maybe dunk contest or something is still in the works, but it's all planning to be on the same evening. So, Daniel, your first reaction to it, were you excited that the All-Star game was going to actually be back? I don't know if I'm excited. Um, I don't know if those are the words. I'm hesitant. Uh, I'm I'm excited that, I, I guess, that they're going on as planned, but for the most part... I don't know what the all-star game does for us. I don't know if they're planning on having any kind of a skills competition whatsoever. I don't think that there will be a dunk contest, um, but I don't think excited is the word. I'm just glad that they're continuing on with a season and they feel confident and the procedures are taken to actually have a, a some kind of an all-star festivities I have a I have a much better idea. It's pr- it's probably because I'm really smart, um, and I am always like you know usually <laughs> leading edge of smart people. No, I, I'm a I'm a dummy, but I think I came up with a better plan. But uh, what was your initial thoughts on? I am one of the few people. Well, I guess not few, obviously, but I actually like All Star Weekend. I get for the past you know ten to twenty years, there's been more and more an overwhelming sentiment of this is stupid and lame. The players don't care. Why should I? Um, And I totally get that, but I've always enjoyed all-star weekend. Even if yes, skills challenge is pretty lame. Um, NBA dunk contest can be lame. Three point contest is always my favorite thing, but can be boring to watch. Um, And the game itself 
in past few years before they shook it up was a boring game, but I still like it. So I enjoy the All-Star game. We can talk about in a minute about, you know, why some reasons why they shouldn't have it. Um, but I have always been a defender of the All-Star game, and I feel like I'm starting to get into the minority of, of people who believe that. Um, most people just feel like, you know, why do we even have it just give players a week off? Like, what's the point? You're making them, you're giving them a break, quote unquote, but your top stars are having to spend this whole time going to a practice. I know they're probably not practicing hard, but, and then coming out of playing in the game. Um, so I've enjoyed, always enjoyed the all-star game. I enjoyed last year changing the rules or was it two years? They've done it for two years in a row now, right? With the Elam ending. I love that change. I thought it was a lot of fun. I know people last year complained about it because it ended on a free throw, but I don't care. Um, I really enjoyed it. I like All-Star Weekend. What would you have done differently? You said you had your own personal idea of what to do. What What would you do differently? Yeah, so I think this past year, the All-Star game, they did it uh, for Kobe. I think it was 20, like an Elam ending. Was that in honor of Kobe? I do believe. So I think it's only been one year. Twenty-four points or whatever, or was I it? Think was so. it eight or twenty-four? I can't remember. I, I'm not. I think it was twenty-four because they had a certain amount they had to get to um, once they got to in the fourth quarter. Either way, I just know it was based around Kobe, which is um, why they only did it for one year. But so my thoughts on this are: scrap the whole entire All Star game. Right? There's no reason that these guys want to play. Uh, they're already kind of tired. You're going to see people sitting out or opt out potentially, or if they want to opt out, they're kind of told not to opt out, if that makes sense. So I'm afraid that there could be some issues with people wanting to play and not wanting to play, which in the end, that's a bad look. We're going through a pandemic. Okay. So let's go ahead and have some fun with it. It's not, it's not a normal year. We know that that's okay. Why don't we go ahead and have some fun throughout the entire weekend and you can do some different things that you want. If you want to put on like some kind of concerts or whatever, have somebody sing, whatever you want to do, that's fine. The main basis around this whole thing would be to have a skills competition and to have a uh, dunk contest. And how you do them is you do them virtually. As do you remember when they did the horse competition that was very bad on uh they shot them on their iPhones or their iPads? Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. I'm very curious where you're going with this because that seemed like a total flop. And now you're okay. advocating yes. that they should do the entire weekend that way. Right. Okay, I am. But now <laughs> I think you I think you can feel comfortable sending out a, a camera crew of one camera, maybe two, if you feel comfortable, with another person. So, at Max, you're going to have, uh, what, three extra people there, maybe four extra people at somebody's house or at their gym. That's a lot better than having all these people being, you know, traveling to this one spot and having them mixing up with each other the whole time. You're sending out a few uh, crew members that will be socially distanced. You can easily ship out the entire skills competition to each person's house. You, you lay an extra, you know, a hundred grand and you have all your competitors. I think it was eight. If you want to increase it this year, just for fun. And they go through the exact same 
skills competition one-on-one virtually. Nobody else is there. And I think that creates for a little bit of competition. And one person goes at a time. And then the dunk contest. Screw the point system, right? Because that's been flawed in the past anyway. Let the people actually vote. You have an app. You have the NBA app. And you can easily allow people to vote instantly on your app. You get the scores right then. And you can have a head-to-head competition uh, just kind of, I'd say, what, eight people, eight competitors. If you want to go more than that, you could. And they put on their best dunk in 30 seconds. And you have a real video crew shooting it at their place that they want to do it at. That would allow, and I'm a wrestling fan, okay, and that's kind of my nerd in me, but as a wrestling fan, they've done some theatrical things that they normally can't do because there's no fans there. There's no fans there. You can bring in a damn car and put it in front of the uh, of the rim <laughs> if you want to. If you want to bring your whole family and jump over your entire family, if you want to bring in a giraffe from the zoo and jump over the giraffe, you can do it. This is the year to be crazy. Why not be crazy with it? it? Do you think that people would rather watch an all-star game where people don't care or watch somebody jump over a giraffe? I'm just asking a question here. I guess I guess it depends on who it is jumping over a giraffe. Yeah, Ja Morant is going to jump over giraffe here in Memphis. In case I don't, in case I don't know... Memphis, because that's how we are. We they named the zoo Memphis Zoo named a, their new giraffe after John Rand, called him Giraffe. So I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> so let me get this straight. Just to recap, you don't want to have right. an East versus West game at all. You just no. want to narrow it down to a skills competition and a dunk competition at individual people's houses. And they're going to record yes. this live, and you're going to send all these crews to these people houses. Correct, hundred percent. Because they don't want to play. Why? And honestly, why you're, that, you're bringing. Why is that easier? And better. you're bringing in so okay. So they're at their house. There's no travel. They don't have to travel to Atlanta, which is a hotbed anyway for COVID. And so you yeah, don't have to travel. The camera people have to travel there. Okay, so you have people that aren't as important who won't be rubbing up against each other and breathing on each other. They literally will be shooting from excessive dis- distances of 20 to 30 feet farther away. <laughs> they won't even be close to these people. And if you want to interview them, you just give them a boom mic, and they talk to the boom mic. It's not that hard. Nobody, You don't ever come <laughs> in contact with anybody. If they need to use the pits or give them a porter john, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not that hard. I think it would make for fun competition, and people would actually do it because they don't have to do the whole All-Star weekend and jump through the hoopla. They literally will be at their place, hanging out with their friends and family, whoever they allow to come, and that's it. Like, it's that. I think it's that So, uh, So it's, it's really the only the poor giraffe that you're putting underneath the basket that's going to be directly exposed and get rubbed up on. By uh, I don't know John Morant jumping over. I, I don't think drafts <laughs> can actually catch COVID, and if they can, I don't know. I think there's a rule they're not allowed to give it away. Have to keep it. <laughs> well, th- so this is kind of where I was leading to with 
you know, if we should do it, if, if the NBA should do this or not, because players are already coming out a very strong opposing to it. I mean, Darren Fox tweeted last night or this morning, how it was just stupid. Like, why are we doing this? And you have people who like Chris Paul, who's the head of, you know, the players um, union, who is really, really wants to have it. Um, but is truly the only reason that this is, is just COVID, right? Is trying to figure out all the schedules and all this stuff. And you've already played, you know, 20 to 25 plus games, um, you know, 40 to 50 games a week in total. Yes, some teams have had already had some issues and they've had postponed. I mean, the Wizards are kind of, um, legendary uh, franchise already for losing or postponing games for COVID situation. But for the most part, the NBA has figured this out. Why wouldn't you just, I mean, you did the bubble thing last year. This is just one night in Atlanta. Why wouldn't they just go with this? This seems to be the easiest thing to me to do is to bring all the all-stars together in one space Instead of trying to create this whole virtual video thing, it just, yeah, no fans in the arena. It's not going to feel the same, but it feels even more distant when you do, you know, like a Zoom call between these guys. And they're not talking trash. If they are, then it's edited. You know, it's like elementary trash talk. I, I just, it, it seems like it's way too much work for an all-star game. It's kind of where you just have the game in Atlanta. They all come in. It's just for one night. You go back to your homes or just not have it at all. Does that not feel like the easiest thing instead of doing all this extra stuff like you're like you propose? Yeah, all this extra stuff is sending out camera people on the road. They're already sending them out to Atlanta anyway. Like literally you're just rerouting them to, uh, I don't know, San Francisco to watch uh, Steph Curry do a skills competition. It's not that hard, but overall, they there has to be has to be some kind of an all star like selection, right? And as Sanjay said, there is sorry, as my, my my little kid running, uh, there is you know financial incentives for these people to be all stars. So you have to have all star like some kind of an all star kind of selection. I'm just I'm just saying you don't have to have the all-star game where all these guys are literally playing with each other who, yes, are testing you know, negative for it, but it's just you're flying into one extra spot that they really don't have to go to is what I'm saying. I, if you do the virtual thing, it's literally like you have your own camera crew shooting a game. It's the exact same way. So I, I know it will never happen because they've never talked about it, but I'm just saying I just think that's so much easier than to do bring everybody in uh, and play a meaningless basketball game that they're doing nothing extra to. They're just going to have them play on TV. That's it. That just, it just seems so stupid to me. I get it. Um, All-Star Weekend is really for the fans and especially the younger fans. Um, I don't know if you saw, in addition to them announcing that they have a targeted date that they want to hold this, on they also had the first fan returns for the voting did you happen to see this come out today i did jaw came in uh fourth in memphis and then i saw um there was pretty much no surprises at all um it's your big heavy hitters that are the the main ones 
You were not surprised by Andrew Wiggins being seventh on the front court list. <laughs> well, that's Golden State for you. Clay Thompson had he was picked tenth, and he had ninety nine thousand uh, votes, and he's hurt the whole year. Like that's just Golden State in a hot market. They're going to vote all their players, and that's what's so stupid about the fan vote, but also good because you get the fans involved. But yes, it's now stupid. I know it. It's a very slim margin to start, but Kevin Durant has the most overall fan votes right above LeBron. Did that surprise you at all? Um, I wouldn't say surprise because KD's kind of had a, a comeback year. I think people like KD more than LeBron. LeBron's kind of old news, if that makes sense. He's been doing the same thing over and over again for so long and being so good, eventually you wear uh, your people out. So uh, that's just my yeah, I thought um, it was interesting with the guards. Bradley Beal is number one for Van voting on that. Doesn't like it's going to be a like coaches are going to have a hard time leaving Bradley Beal off the All Star team this year. It feels like obviously we all agree he probably should have been on it last year, um, but there's no way he can get off of it this year. You would think because he's leading the league in scoring, right? Yeah, he's definitely in. Uh, if people are wanting to put. Um, I guess Zion and uh, Brandon Ingram in the All-Star game, you have to allow for somebody like uh, uh, for uh, Bradley Bill in the game too. Because Zion and, and Brandon Ingram, their team is trash. They're not good. and so, but, but because they have the names, people overlook it this year compared to last year when Bradley Bill should have been an All-Star and he wasn't, just because their team was trash. Uh, to put you on the spot, if you before we move on to rookie stuff um, – if you had to, if you were able to choose, it came down to there's one spot left in the East for guards, and it came down to these two players. Mm-hmm. Which one would you choose? One, Jalen Brown, or two, Zach Levine? I easily choose uh, Jalen Brown, 100%. 10 times out of 10. Easily choose that. No debate at all. No, just because I think you got to look at the, the teams. And Zach Levine is putting up these numbers on a, uh, a team that isn't good. And Jalen Brown's putting up pretty much the same numbers on a team that's uh, not, uh, that is very good. So I think you look at the teams and that's how you separate them. Because if you put Jalen Brown in the Bulls, I think his numbers are absolutely a, a lot higher. It's just so much, it's so harder. It's so much harder to put up these really crazy numbers that they're putting up uh, when you're on when you're playing with people like uh, Jason Tatum. He is just as good, if not better, and most people think better than Jalen Brown. I I I think that Jalen Brown is one of the more up and coming players in this league, and I think he's taken a huge step this year and, and being one of the best players. But I would I would definitely take Jalen Brown. Um, I thought you were actually going to go. Uh, John Morant and Mike Conley <laughs> for the All Star game. <laughs> well, Mike uh, apparently Mike Conley can't even get you know ten votes, so I, I don't know. That's okay. That was, he uh, should be. An I agree with you about Jalen Brown. Yeah, he has he has been awesome for the Jazz for sure. You know, being one of the top teams in the West. Unfortunately, that does not get rewarded for being a solid role piece, and that's just the nature of the history of the NBA with All Stars. Um, but it does affect, you know, how people view them once we get, you know, five to 10 years past the end of their careers. And it's just unfortunate that way. But, um, 
we won't talk about teams. Uh, we'll save that for when we get an actual landing date of when it's going to be for sure. And when we get closer to that time, we can hopefully get Cody on here and debate about who should be on our respective all-star teams. But let's move on to our Smasher Pass, talking about this year's rookie class. Before we actually do Smasher Pass, do you have – a player that has surprised you. Now, I know before uh, before the actual draft, we did a couple episodes, you know, with our own mock draft, and then we did it together and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I won't highlight some of our poor takes, or maybe I'll just praise our good ones. But um, do you have a general observation about the rookies before we just jump right into it about the players? Uh, yeah, so I, I think when you look back at this draft class or when you were – I guess when all of us were looking at the draft class, we thought that it would be pretty, um, you know, I, I guess a couple players that would stand out and the rest would be, you know, subpar. Nobody really would be that good. I, I think that in the end, this draft class uh, will be a group of really good players that might not be on the superstar level, but be, will be around in the league for, for many years. Uh, there's a lot of good uh, three- and four-year college players that have come out, and, and you can kind of see that they're good players, and they're going to be very good players for a long time, but they're never going to wow you. Um, and, and I use the example of Desmond Bain, who's in Memphis, and I know everything comes back to the Grizzlies, but uh, Desmond Bain, who was a four-year <laughs> player at TCU – uh, but Desmond Bain is, is a very good player. And I think that they think – I think scouts um, that are with NBA teams often think that these players that are four-year guys are coming into the league at, already at their ceiling, that there's no more potential for them to get any better. So that's, that's what I hope the, the critique eventually goes away because there's a lot of these players that – are actually very good and will get even better as they grow into their NBA bodies more, uh, but also kind of mature on a, on a higher level over the years. But I, I don't, there's nobody that really stands out to me right now that I'm just like, wow. But overall, I, I think we're going to look back at this draft class and, and see some really good talent that has stayed in the league for many. Yeah. I, uh, I'm glad you brought up that point about, we said before that, Everyone agreed that it was a, or everyone who, you know, has a big platform says that it was a very weak class. And we immediately kind of changed that tune and were like, well, it's a good class. Is there superstar power at one through five? No. Um, Is there a potential for one of these players to be even be superstars? I mean, there's potential. Is it probable? No. Uh, but this was a good class to find the role pieces you need to fit within your organization and your roster construction. So we were excited about that because then when you're talking about roster construction, I think that's where, you know, kind of nerds like us, we really get into that kind of stuff where, okay, we have this, what do we need that fits? Okay. We're drafting here. There's some possible lists of players that we could use, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think it really did turn into that kind of draft. And obviously there's some players that fell that I was really high on that looked pretty good early. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, just to say his name, just for you, Daniel. Um, but 
it's I, I have been pleasantly surprised with them. And I think you're right, Daniel, that they're going to be around for a long time. Is anybody just going to, you know, tear the league apart like Luka Doncic did in year two? No. Um, but they're going to be a good class that's so going to be around for a while. Before we get into smash and pass, can you name me the top five rookies in points per game average right now? I would say LaMelo Ball uh, for sure has to be there. Uh, Margot Greer, who's uh, being a whiny baby at the moment with me, uh, she <laughs> is always throwing the best of fit, so she's got to give out a lot of uh, a very good Very points. high say, usage rate. Oh, uh, from <laughs> 6 o'clock on, the usage rate of the wine is very high. Uh, well, both sides, me and her. <laughs> she whines and I drink wine. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd say, uh, <laughs> I'd say Halliburton, Wiseman, Ball, uh, Anthony Edwards, and Quickly, Emmanuel Quickly for the Knicks. That is correct. You got the five Woo! right now in order. Number one's, <laughs> number one's Anthony Edwards, right oh, at wow. 14 points a game. LaMelo's right at 13. Quickly's right behind that at 12, almost 12 and a half. Wiseman's right at 12. Halliburton's right at 11. Um, and then the odd man peering in is your boy Cole Anthony, who's right below Tyrese Halliburton. Um, so, yeah, it, it's interesting about Edwards because doesn't it feel like if you have, like, a number one pick, like he's, like, 16 to 20-point range if he's on a bad team? Um, and have have you seen Anthony Edwards play a lot, or have you watched a couple games with him? I have. He's very streaky. Um, everything is to the basket. There, the the shot is just not. It's not there. Yeah, that's what I thought about him because he kind of floats in and out of games. Yes, he's a rookie. He's late to basketball. I think he picked it up, you know, while he was in high school. Um, so I I don't know how much time this guy's going to need, but he just doesn't jump off the pages to me as like your standard kind of number one overall pick. That's just like okay. Go get me a bucket guy. Now, he he probably turned into that guy. I think he's trying to figure out what his role is. But with Minnesota's problems with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell not being there a lot, I thought this was just going to be the Anthony Edwards show. And he was just going to be like, okay, I guess it's on me. And on you know nights when they're missing those guys, he would just come out and try to be awesome. And he really hasn't been that. So I don't know if it's something with the coaching or uh, the scheme that they have him in or whatever, or if they're just afraid to give him the ball or too much too soon kind of thing. But I I would have expected him to be more aggressive scoring and making mistakes Um, because obviously that's how he's going to learn is actually having the ball and making those mistakes. And I just haven't really seen that from him. He's very standoff on the swing and pick his spots kind of guy. So it's kind of weird for a number one overall pick. I'll be monitoring that going forward. But obviously, 20, 25 games in, you can't project anything from him. He's still probably going to be a dynamite player. So it's just something interesting I've noticed from him to start after watching him a couple times. Um, but do you want to get in the smash and pass on me? I feel like we teased it enough for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. I just I put out a discussion uh, and a discussion panel for y'all. If you have a rookie love, uh, even though I said live love or hate, uh, 
just request, and I, you can more, more than welcome to come up here. Uh, we'll kind of hit up on some rookies and kind of smash your pass is just love or hate. That's all it is. But uh, it just depends on how you feel. But uh, real quick, we are part of the lead sports media. Uh, he's Ryan. I'm Daniel. We normally have Cody. He probably, as always, uh, fell asleep on the couch and has not uh, heard his phone. And so that's my <laughs> only thought on a Thursday night at uh, 730 Central is he's asleep because he works long hours as a restaurant manager. Um, and so normally there's three of us, but, uh, but we are part of the lead sports media. Uh, we have a podcast, just ju- find it free basketball uh, and just uh, give us some rate reviews and su- subscribe to us there, but go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. So you explained it a little bit. It's basically do you love or hate, but instead we call it smash or pass. Um, usually this is kind of a lightning round kind of thing. We go quickly. Um, and if Daniel says something I don't agree with, I'll stop and kind of ask uh, more um, more questions about why he would why he chose that. Um, so I'm I don't know if you want to go through the whole draft. Um, I was going to focus on the first round and maybe hit a couple interesting players in the second round. Uh, but any preference for you, whole draft or just first round and uh, some picks in the second? Yeah, I'd say first round. Just keep it to that, and we'll kind of we'll kind of go as as they want us to. If, if anybody has anything new that they want to share with us, but I'd say start first round. Gotcha. All right. So first overall pick with the Timberwolves, obviously Anthony Edwards. So what's my level of smashing right now? Because I don't love them. The <laughs> first one, and we already have an issue. Okay, it's either you like him or not. Yeah, a little smash. My very right, low like level. Too. This I I just described this as lightning round, and you already took forty five seconds debating on your light smash. Sounds like <laughs> I can't say. Sorry, keep going. Okay, number two, James Wiseman. Smash. Smash. Lamelo Ball. Smash, easy. Smash, I agree. Patrick Williams. Pass, dude. He does not look good. Ooh, really? I actually yeah. like him. I, I, nope. I don't think he's a superstar, but I think he's an interesting player. Why would you pass on him already? I don't know. I just don't I don't like the fit uh, for sure in, in Chicago, but I just don't know if I see anything out of him that, doesn't look like an eight man in like two years. Mm, interesting. Okay. I get it. Uh, don't agree, but I get it. Number five, Isaac Okoro. I like him. He's good. Smash. Smash. I agree with you. <laughs> Six, Onyeke Okongwu. You know what I'm going to say. We know you're going to smash. I'll say smash. No. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Pass. Honestly, I don't think he's played, like, but one or two games because he's already been injured. Um, I yeah. was huge pass on him before he was even drafted anyways. Didn't love him at USC. So uh, I'm going to just stick with that, even though he's hardly played. But still, pass. Uh, your favorite pick, <laughs> number seven here, Killian Hayes. Smash. Is this one we should just say vo- <laughs> <laughs> Choose the so, moon. 
Are you still invested in your Dogecoin? <laughs> Dogecoin is taken off. We're going straight to the moon. I, uh, I'll smash two because I like Killian. I'm a little nervous about that. Um, I believe they described the injury as like a pelvic floor, like not imbalance, but there was something in the pelvic floor, which... <sighs> I mean, it's huge red flags to me whenever you have some major pelvic floor injury. Um, but I'm still going to smash just because we just we still have not really seen anything from him. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But I'm monitoring that as an injury bust. Uh, eight, Obi Toppin. Uh, smash. I like him. I'll smash that too. Nine, Denny Avdia. Ooh, that's a straight smash, homie. Smash! Okay, what do you like about Denny so far? I just think he uh, has a good all-around uh, game, and as he learns the NBA game, he's only going to get better. Obviously, this is a stupid take. This will be his worst year ever because it's true, because every year he's going to get better and better because he's going to grow into his body. But also, he's going to learn the NBA game a little bit better, and then all his skills – will develop more and more. And I, I think this, I think he could be a top five player out of this draft class for sure. Woo. That's high praise. I, I lean past, but I'm going to smash because I, I, the trajectory, his ceiling, I think is high. So I think he could be a good player, but I, I, I don't love it. I'm not pleased with my smash right there, but uh, Tim, Jalen Smith. I think I know what you're going to say about this one. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> Hard pass. I consider this an easy pass. This was the overreach of the draft. I know this is, you know, 20, 25 games in and maybe it's overreaction. That's fine. That's the point of this. Um, but we talked about people were drafting for fit. And that's what the Suns did here at 10. And they did it, you know, the year before with uh, Cam Johnson. And they kind of struck gold with that. So I think they overthought it this year. We'll do the same thing. We'll just draft the guy you like or we like. And I get that as a draft strategy. I think it's smart. Like, draft who you like. But this was a clear overreach and a definite pass 100%. Um, now, number 11, Devin Vassell. And I don't know. Um, I'd say I'm a um, smash. I think he's really? good. I do. I like him. Okay, uh, I'll trust you on that. I haven't seen a lot of it, but I, what I have seen, I just didn't love. I just, I just think it's going to. And he's a four-year. Well, he's an older player. He's not a four-year player, but he's an older player. So I thought he'd be a little more developed, but it just hasn't been there for me yet. I'll, I'll smash him just because I think he has potential still, but there's. It just it doesn't seem like it's clicking just yet. Is he an older player? I thought he was a freshman. Uh, I Maybe thought he was, was at least Williams. a sophomore. I thought he was a sophomore. He might be. A, he might have been a sophomore. Okay, I can't remember. Uh, number twelve. This is the biggest smash of the entire draft for me personally, and that's Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, what hard, say you? That's an, an easy pass. He's terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Number 13, Kira Lewis Jr. I haven't seen a lot of him, honestly. Um, has he played a lot? 
I watched him play one game where everyone was out. And I think that's the game where, um, uh, I can't remember his name now, but the kid from Virginia Tech had like 30-something. <laughs> um, yeah. I watched him play a little bit. He looks like a really interesting, like, heady, smart point guard. But he looks too small, and he's probably destined to be a backup, which is okay in the NBA, obviously. You're still a millionaire. Um, but I, I actually will smash from the little bit I saw from the little he's played. I think he's an interesting guard. That's smart anyways. Yeah. Uh, well, you loved him. He has not done much this year at all. Uh, but you definitely love that guy. <laughs> uh, 14, Aaron Neesmith. Um, I'm trying to look at his stats right now. I don't even – he doesn't, he's not even in the top 30, so pass. Oh, going just off stats, huh? So that means you haven't watched him play. I haven't seen him That's a trick all. question because he hasn't really played. Uh, yeah, it's a trick question because he hasn't really played because he's not good. I'll pass with you. Um, <laughs> 15, Cole Anthony. You know it. He's to the moon as well. <laughs> that's a hard, that's an easy, easy, easy smash. I, uh, I was not very excited about him coming out and you are much higher on him than I was. And, and I was right. Obviously there's still some issues, but I'm going to smash with you. I think, uh, I think he's been pretty good for what he's done early in the season. Now I know the magic have been awful and I told you that they would be, and you didn't listen to me. Um, but Cole hold has on, kind on. of been the bright spot. If, if we want to get what? down and dirty and you're going to call me out for my take, would you look in the mirror <laughs> And think about the Toronto Raptors right now. Thank you. What about them? They've gotten better. They're garbage. They're not good. And I told y'all they would not be good this year. I told you. Didn't you believe me. I told you. I told you by the midway point they'd be a five hundred or plus team. They're on that track. They're, they're not going to be a five hundred team. But okay. we'll convene we'll at a later see. date. I would. That's fine for the people who didn't hear uh, when we did our kind of first quarter breakdown. Or no, maybe it was after the first two weeks or whatever, and the Magic were a surprise team, just to fill you guys in. Um, I told Daniel they just played an easy schedule, injuries about to catch up with them, and looking at their next six games, I said they'd lose all six. And not only did they lose all six, I think they proceeded to go one for, like, two for ten or eleven now. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at predicting the NBA so far this year. This is a strong year for me. Usually I'm way off, but I feel right online this year. So it's a good start. Uh, number 16, Isaiah Stewart. Surprisingly, he's having a, a decent year. So smash. he's been kind of frisky off the bench, hasn't he? Yeah. I'm going to smash with you because yes. I think he's been interesting off the bench for what all the, Pistons did just rotating in power forward after power forward, and he's kind of been an interesting bright spot for them. So I think it's kind of surprising. So I'm gonna smash with you now. Number seventeen, I have a feeling I know where you're going with this one, Alexi Pokushevsky from the Thunder. <laughs> Is he doing the polka? Like, what's this guy doing? What's he about? I'm gonna pass on polka. Polka. I'm gonna... Polka. polka. 
<laughs> when you, you say it that many times, it's like a Pokemon thing. I feel like, you know, you're going to have to catch it or whatever. Throw a ball at it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pass. I think he sucks. Um, 18, Josh Green. Um, I mean, I actually, I saw his, I was looking over his stats a second ago. Dallas, they haven't done a lot with him. Um, too early to pass on him, so I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. We'll go ahead and smash that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm going to smash that, too. I would not be surprised, though, if they turned to him. Like, I think he's played in some games when they've had blowouts or someone's been out. Um, but, yeah, too, probably too early to tell. Um, but I'm going to smash it anyways just because of the potential. 19, Sadiq Bay. He's played well. Uh, I think he's been a surprising like part of the this draft class. So we'll say uh, smash. I agree. I'm going to smash that with you. Number 20, I think we're going back-to-back here. Precious Achua. Smash. He's in a good spot. Whoa. 100%. What up, Sanjay? Smash all the way. What's up, Sanjay? Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm, I guess the rookie that I want to talk about is in the 20s. So I'm going to let you go until he uh, comes up. Sweet. Who are you waiting on? I can get ready. I can get my numbers ready. Uh, 25. <laughs> Ryan, who's Ah, okay. Emmanuel, quickly. All right, all right, all right. Go, keep going how you're going. I'll, I'll get my uh, – I'm going to – I think – so do you like Emmanuel, quickly, Sanjay? I love, I love Emmanuel, quickly. I, I, I just all love right. that floater. All right, all right. I'm going to look through some stuff. I, I'll have a debate <laughs> back at you. So keep, keep going, Ryan. All right. So 21. Tyrese Maxey. Yes, love him. Smash. Smash. 22, Zeke Naji. Who? <laughs> He's actually Who? played a little bit recently. Zeke Naji. No, nah, bro. I'm For the Nuggets. Pass. I'm going to pass. Yeah, I'm, pa- I'm going to pass on that one, too. I can't believe you went 22nd. Uh, 23, Leandro Balmaro. Haven't no, seen him yet. Yeah. Sure, why not? Haven't seen him. Uh, 24, RJ Hampton. Um, I haven't seen a lot of him this year at all. Has he played at all? He has played. I saw him play the other night. Who did they play? Who did they play? I can't remember who they played, but um, he played a, a few spot minutes and he turned the ball over, so it wasn't great. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I'm going to smash this because um, – I really think he's a super talented athlete and player. So I I think, especially in the Nuggets, if he can somehow break into the rotation, which it seems like the only way you break into Mike Malone's rotation is defense. But I think he's a very interesting potential offensive talent that could be another diamond in the rough that they got like Michael Porter Jr. So I'm going to smash this because I believe in R.J. Hampton and his development. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass uh, on him for right now. All right, but go ahead and lead us to okay. 25. All right, here we go. I assume you came up with your argument already for Sanjay for 25. Emmanuel quickly. All right, so I I literally I'm trying to search and I cannot find anything bad to say about the guy. <laughs> I tried, uh, <laughs> so. I've only seen him in a few games, I, I, very little, because I've seen the Knicks a couple of times. Because weirdly enough, uh, they're a favorite 
uh, bet of mine to cover a lot of times due to their defense. But ah. Sanjay, bring us in the loop why Mr. Quickly is not in the quicksand. Oh, far far from. I mean, he's uh, – I don't know where to better start, start with him. I mean, he's uh, – as, as a 25th pick, he's sort of surpassed all expectations and fast. I mean, really, most Knicks fans uh, really want to see him starting ahead of Alfred Payton right now. He's just been a live wire off the bench in, in, in terms of his shooting, but also his, uh, you know, his, his crazy floater game, which other players around the league have noticed is is, is amazing for a rookie. And, and he also has this uh, amazing ability to draw fouls on, on like, like a veteran. So, uh, you know, it's for, for someone who's just coming to the league, he sort of plays with uh, with with a savvy that you don't expect. And I think the the, the most surprising thing was because at, at Kentucky he didn't play any point guard; he was just playing shooting guard. But you know, for the Knicks, we've seen him uh, you know handle the ball quite quite a bit, play point guard, and he doesn't look completely out of it. So it's uh, you know for for the Knicks, it's it's definitely have been getting him at uh, twenty five. Yeah. So that I, was my the things. Go go ahead, Daniel. Go ahead, Ryan. No, you're good. Go ahead. <laughs> Beat you to it. Um, yeah, that what I thought was interesting about Quickly was, I mean, didn't he shoot like 40% at Kentucky? And he'd been there for, you know, at least two years. And, you know, we see the thing every year that translates the most is shooting. And this is a guy who shot 40% college for a team that, you know, is traditionally not, I mean, they've had shooters in the past, but not typically a great shooting college team or at least they're known for and I, I to me it was always i thought quickly was going to be too small um i don't know if you thought the same thing sanjay when when you you know when they drafted him um but i liked quickly i just didn't think he had a spot because he was going to be too small like he was just going to get overpowered um but he's been really interesting and surprising start he's kind of like the Kendrick Nunn of last year's rookie class, except I think quickly actually has staying power. Whereas, you know, Kendrick Nunn, I think is going to be one of those hopping around a different team. Um, That's going to be kind of his career quickly. Seems like he's kind of galvanized, you know, that fan base that they've all gotten behind. And um, it's been pretty exciting to see for start for sure. So, yeah, my question was, and I, so I don't know enough about him, I don't know if you need another main scorer on that team. Obviously, that's a stupid take. You need as many scores and main scores as you can. But uh, with their lineup, <laughs> um, I would say that having someone next to R.J. Barrett, who is wants to, you want to have him as your main um, shooting guard. Is he able to be? a true starting point guard in the league, Sanjay. And that, that's my that's my main question because Alfred Payton has looked better. And I know you said you'd like to see him play over Alfred Payton, but is his defense good enough? Um, is he able to control the game well enough, you see, or has potential to maybe take over year two as the main starting point guard for the Knicks playing off of a random? Yes, yes, I think the – you know, with the, with the Knicks, why uh, why he's he's sort of really important, particularly at, at the moment, is is just because the the one issue that we had last year. You know, speaking of RJ, the one thing you want to see is you want to see, uh, you know, the biggest thing with sort of RJ coming out of Duke was, oh, just just uh, you know, watch him when he has uh, you know uh, NBA spacing. He's he's, he's going to be a monster, and 
you know, the Knicks last year were, I think, the worst shooting team in the league. And even this year so far hasn't any better. So we just need a lot of uh, floor spacing. And, you know, uh, quickly, obviously, being a better shooter than Elf is uh, uh, is a huge sort of adv- advantage. And, you know, the Knicks could really need um, as much shooting as they can get. Uh, now, you know, in terms of your question about is he an actual sort of point, point guard or, you know, I, I don't know about the future. I mean, I feel like his future is almost in that sort of six man or six 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 man off off the bench. You know, like a sort of someone to come in, get you a few buckets quickly. He can also do a couple of things in the pick and roll, but I mean, not your sort of lead initiator necessarily. But like with the way the Knicks are playing, Tom Thibodeau has Julius Randle essentially and and RJ Barrett handling the ball most of the time. So in that sort of setup, I think he can sort of uh, you know give you solid minutes at at point guard. Defensively, he's 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 not quite at Elfrid Payton's level, but he's he's getting there. He's been better than expected on, on on that side as well. Yeah, not everybody is fit to be a starting uh, point guard or or even a starter. But and as we've seen over the years, some of these players can come and be a main contributor off the bench and have a twelve-year NBA run and be a top person that people. Uh, try to go after, and, and they're you know getting paid ten to fourteen million dollars a year to be a bench player, be the sixth, seventh, eighth guy because they're so good, so steady. So not everybody's cut to be um, a starter, but still, if he's able to solidify whether which unit, the first unit or second unit, it doesn't matter. I, I think in the end, if he's a good player, he will stick around and stay. So um, I. I will I will watch more of him. I know a little bit about him, but I know he's played kind of over his head so far. I just hope that he doesn't come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, I mean, his – like he's already said, his role model is Lou Williams. So I think he obviously has a level head about him because he realizes what kind of player he is. Like he's not coming in here like, okay, I'm the next, you know, whatever. Like I'm I'm the guy to turn this franchise around, like – his hero was legitimately a six man for his entire career. <laughs> That's who he looked up to. So he, he seems to be fine in emulating the kind of style that Lou Williams and like Jamal Crawford had where, yeah, they're kind of journeymen, but always got paid, always on a team and always was asked to score points for that team in a bench role. So yeah, I think quickly has been awesome for a rookie to start. And I, I'm with you, Daniel. I hope he only continues to improve because the NBA is a lot more fun when the Knicks are good at basketball. And that's saying that as a Grizzlies fan who's never had anything involved with the Knicks at all, the NBA is just has a different vibe when the Knicks are good. So it would be awesome to see, you know, quickly and Barrett, uh, Mitchell Robinson, you know, this is kind of like a core thing going forward with Randall if they keep Randall. But um, it would be interesting to see how they – you know, how they move forward together over the next couple of years, if it's a real thing, you know, or if it's full gold. So uh, appreciate you coming up here, Sanjay. I'm glad we had, uh, had you on to talk about quickly, though. Um, let's wrap this up, Daniel, for these uh, final few picks here. Uh, 26, Peyton Pritchard. Oh, smash. I agree, smash. I, I was kind of surprised that he went in the first round, but, man, he has really played over what everyone thought he would be for sure. Uh, 27, Udoka Azubuki. Big man from Kansas, if you remember. Yep. Um, he gave my Dukies uh, a lot of trouble. 
I think it was uh, his senior year when he was at Kansas. So I'm going to uh, pass on him because he ruined uh, our year that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pass on him because he's not good at basketball. Um, 28, Jaden McDaniels. I haven't seen much about him at all this year. He plays very limited kind of bench roles for the Wolves, and I have not been impressed at all. So I'm going to smash. <laughs> right, Daniel? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, pass. Yo. <laughs> um, congrats to you. Anyway. yeah. Malachi Good Flynn, team. 29. Uh, I'll smash him. I like him. I'm going to smash too. And then 30, Desmond Bain. I know where you're going with this one. Smash. To the moon. <laughs> okay, a couple second rounders here. Robert hold on, hold Woodard. On, hold on. Sanjay, bro, you're Uh-oh. up here on the stage. Join us with the conversation if you're going to talk about oh. Desmond Bain. Oh, yeah. So I was, you know, like, I said, so you had, you had asked about how I felt about uh, quickly going into the draft. But yeah, for me, honestly, the guy, well, the two guys who I really sort of wanted, wanted the Knicks to get. At, you know, at, at 25, it was either from Tyrese Maxey or it was Desmond Bain. I mean, uh, you know, Des- Desmond Bain is, is is amazing. Like like I said, he's not a smash. He's a uh, he's he's a super smash. I mean, I don't know what it is with the Grizzlies, but I feel like you have someone from like uh, NBA draft Twitter sort of making some of these like everyone from draft Twitter just love all of these picks. So yeah, good good job over there. Yeah, I, I didn't know much about him uh, honestly. I saw him a little bit, and I saw, you know, just the same probably stats as everybody else saw. Um, but I really didn't watch much TCU basketball, just being honest. Um, and so everybody loved him, so obviously I loved him. And now he looks like a freak, you know, that is swole, could beat you up, but also drain a three in your eye. So uh, he's right up my alley. Yeah, he's been awesome. Well uh, well worth the uh, pick right there. Um how about Daniel Oturu for the Clippers? I know him brief. I, I, I think I've seen him one game. I don't know him at all. Um, I hope you asked me about somebody I really know a lot about because I have a guy in mind, but I'm going to see if you come down that, <laughs> that path. I, I keep I keep waiting to see if, you know, if you're going to get itching for it, you know. Uh, 46, C.J. Ellaby for the Trailblazers. Who's, who? <laughs> he's he's not in the league. All right, fine. All right, fine. Thirty-five. Xavier Tillman, senior. Oh, Mister Tillman. He is a very good, mature basketball player that will be a very good backup. People need to get off that ish about them wanting to think that he is a starting point guard or starting uh, center in the league. He's not. Um, but he's a very good backup. Uh, free JV from safety protocols. <laughs> All right. Anything else? That I, I I knew I had to end it with that specific rookie. That's why I wanted to include the second round so you could um, show a little Grizz love before we finished here. Um, yeah. Well, before I'll, we I'll go, do you have anything else? Yeah, I was going to ask. I was hoping you'd ask me about this guy because uh, I wasn't even thinking about Xavier Tillman when you asked me that. But Mason Jones, who I wanted the Grizzlies to draft mm. uh, in that spot that they uh, drafted Xavier Tillman in, 
But Mason Jones. I'm you know a smash. About him? I, uh, yep. I, I mean, I just know he's a shooter with the Rockets, but now a, a roster spot has opened up with the departure of Harden. So uh, they've kind of gone all in with, you know, some random guys like Jay Sean Tate and um, – Oh, what's that other kid? I can't remember his name, but like they're just playing kind of random guys together, kind of like a patchwork roster. Um, but he has been, I mean, he's been a good shooter. Like we were talking about with quickly, the thing that translates every year with rookies is guys that can shoot and he's a shooter. So he's having a good start to his uh, undrafted um, career. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Mason Jones is very good. He will be a very good shooter in this league. He was good in Arkansas. Uh, and I, I just think that, like you said, shooters can shoot. And I, I, I believe that the guy is, is going to be a very good player. And it could be a starting two guard in this league for a while just because he has the defense, but he also can, he can fill it up. And I don't think he needs the ball. So if you don't need the ball, a lot of times you can you can put be put next to a, a superstar, and that's who superstars want to play against is people or play with people that don't exactly need the ball, but can absolutely fill it up when you're uh, when given the opportunity. So love him. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, well, Dan, that was fun. I wish we could have had Cody on for Smasher Pass before we go. Do you, or I guess do you have anything to plug before we go? Uh, nothing major. Uh, I, we do have our free basketball podcast. I do the Grizzlies edition that comes out every Monday. So we have different interviews each week. Uh, so it's a little bit different than our NBA podcast that we try to do in here. Uh, different topics. It's very, very Grizzly related, but, uh, we're going to be working on some articles coming out soon with the lead sports media. I am at Daniel Greer. You can follow me on there. Uh, my daughter is trying to catch a, catch a good night's rest real quick laying on me. So. I will definitely have to hop up here and uh, get her to bed. Yeah. So uh, thanks to everyone who joined us on The Room. We're here every Thursday at 7, typically. Um, so thanks for joining. Follow us on Twitter at FreeBasketball3. I'm at RDMeadows11 if you want to join or if you want to follow. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. See you, Daniel. See you.